2: Uh, Let's see. Anu in Owensboro, Kentucky writes in. He says, Ben, since you have family in New York, which happens to be my hometown, did you ever ride the subway? What did you think of it? Yes, Anu. I I ride the subway all the time, although not the last couple of trips because my wife is very bougie. She is not a woman of the people. And she cannot handle public transportation. But um, when in Rome, act like a Roman, right? Uh, and I, when I, went in New York, you take the subway. I, I don't mind it. Although I understand the subway's gotten gotten bad, much like L.A. and San Francisco and all that with the homeless people and and whatnot. But yeah, I have fond memories when I when I first went to New York, and I was like a, still a teenager and you know, trying to navigate. I'd never been on the public transportation, trying to navigate the. The train system in New York, and I remember one time I got confused and I thought, "Hey, um, the train will just go back to where you know if I stay on the train, it'll stop at the end and then go back to where I I got on the train." <laughs> oh, man. Didn't quite work out. The train stopped in Harlem, oh. and uh, and this is when Harlem was worse than it is now, and you know they cleaned it up, but it was not a good part of New York. And the conductor gets on and says, All right, end of the line, train's going out of service. <laughs> oh, so shit. I'm this uh, naive kid from the OC. Uh, and I get out of the train. I'm like, Holy fuck, I'm in Harlem. And it was late. You know, I didn't know the train schedule at that station. And I, I was like, Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, I have fond memories of the the, uh, the train. I like it. I think it's cool. I, I took the to public transportation in L.A., I used to live when I lived uh, in Lincoln Heights, I lived right near a gold line station, and I took that all the time.
3: Do you like the subway better than the T in Boston?
2: Uh, the T is pretty cool. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like all, I think it's all kind of the same. I like the T, which is mostly above ground. There's the underground part. Uh, but I, uh, you know, I'm fine with any of that. Yeah. I think Seattle's pretty cool. Seattle has like the. The Metro, uh, it's like the thing at Disneyland. Uh, What do you call it? Oh, the The, monorail? uh, The monorail, yeah. It's like a monorail type thing.
3: Nice. I haven't seen that.
2: (laughs) Which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Let's see here. Nick in Omaha writes in. He says, who was your childhood sports hero? Did you ever meet them? Uh, Yes, Nick. In fact, this is very bizarre, but I got started in the business when I was 19 years old. Uh, So I got into radio when I was 19. And I got a pretty big break kind of early. I got hired by the Mighty 690 in San Diego to be their roaming radio stringer, which was a cool job. And it was a job that didn't pay a lot, but I got to go to games every night. Like I'd go to the you know, Angels, Dodgers, Lakers, Clippers, Kings, uh, and then the Ducks. I'd do some of that stuff, too. So I, I was out a game every night, USC football, UCLA basketball, that kind of stuff. And, but when I first started, I was 19. So, you know, six years earlier, I was 13, or, you know, seven years, I was 12. And a lot of those guys were still playing. And so I remember, like, the people I looked up to, like Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan and all this. And,. Uh, Reggie Jackson. Now Reggie wasn't playing, but he was broadcasting, and so I got to meet him. He was my big baseball hero, Mr. October, Reggie Jackson. I loved the swagger and all that stuff, and I got to meet him. And uh, it was very weird, though. It was like surreal because when you're the through the eyes of a child, you look at these people as these unbelievable, bigger than life people, and then. You meet them, and you know they're, they fart and do stuff that we all do. You know it's very, it's very weird. I remember one time Kirby Puckett, the late great Kirby Puckett, in the uh, in the locker. They were playing like a, a game of uh, marbles. How about that? That's a long time ago. I don't think they play marbles anymore, but they were betting on it in the Twins uh, locker room. And uh, Kirby and I was a fan of his. I loved because he was very diminutive for the Twinkies. Kirby Puckett back in the day. And he was, you know, he was the round mound of baseball town. And, uh, but he, I remember he came up to me because I was like, I was very fat at this time and massive and he was like blown away by how big I was. And, uh, and he was cracking jokes with the guys on the twins. And I remember because it was, uh it was like, wow, this guy used to, I, I remember watching him in the world series and now making this great play in center field for the twins. And now he's making, he's uh, making derogatory comments about me. How great is my life? <laughs> but I mean, there's a bunch of little stories like that 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 are kind of cool. But uh, what about you, Gascon? He he asked me, Eric in Omaha. But did you ever, or Nick in Omaha, rather? Do you ever meet anybody that you was a hero of yours as a kid?
3: Yeah, I've only met one. Um, when I was a kid, I mean, across the platform, football, basketball, baseball, and hockey. But I, I've met Gretzky once. Yeah, um, Actually, no, strike that. I met him twice. <laughs> the one time I did meet him was on a real sour note. I don't know if you, you've ever saw, I think it was Superman 2. That's
2: very sour, Superman 2.
3: Listen, well, Christopher Reeve <laughs> uh, as Superman comes down with a virus, or like they call it a cold.
2: Was it the coronavirus?
3: I don't know, because he survived. Um, wow. and, and he gets a, this vicious 12 o'clock shadow, and he just turns into a bad guy. I bring that up because the last time I saw Gretzky, it was at the Venetian Hotel, and he was playing uh, blackjack with his agent. And a buddy of mine saw him, and so he said, you should go play at the same table with Gretzky. So I sat down. I was playing with him and Ben he just had stacks of chips but he was losing his ass. It was hand after hand, after hand. <laughs> my buddy over my shoulder is like, "Hey, that's a great one." And he heard him and he's like, "Yeah, not so great anymore." And he proceeded just to continue to lose his ass. <laughs> he walked yeah. away. He had stacks of chips, walked away. There was nothing left in his in his tank. So, had a chance to meet him once as an adult, once as a kid. Um, but never had the chance to meet uh, meet John Elway. He was uh, he was my favorite growing up. Uh, I was like you. I liked Barkley. I liked Hershiser and um, uh, But never had a chance to meet uh, to meet John Elway. Not
2: I had yet. a uh, moment with Barkley. I love Barkley, and I had a moment when he was playing at the end of his career, and. It was at the L.A. I think it was 1999, actually. So it was 21 years ago. Yeah. It was the last year of sta- of a sports arena before Staples Center. And so it was like they were, they were talking about the final year of the NBA. And so they wanted me to get sound bites of these guys. So I, 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 this was a viral moment before the Internet really took over. And I asked Barkley. I said, hey, you have any fond memories of the L.A. sports arena? And... <laughs> he proceeded to tell me that he uh he would like to be there when they they detonate the uh, explosives <laughs> in, the, in the arena <laughs> that could be arranged um, that's good which eventually i guess they did use a wrecking ball it did come down but that was a long time after the uh the arena i remember one time when i was a kid i went to a clippers sixers game when barkley was a big star for the sixers you know and yeah and that asshole got ejected in the first quarter. He got two technical fouls, you know. And I'm like, oh my! God. I only see him once a year, and this a hole got ejected. I was so pissed off. I was so bummed out.
3: That's pretty good. I, I, you know, a funny story. There's a there's this woman. She passed away, I think, last year. She went by the name of Boston Donna, and she was friends with my my dad. And at the time, back in the day, as a kid, Boston Donna was the stylist the little stylist for the lakers and kings players so she cut everybody's hair like owners general managers players and that meant as a stylist you knew dirt on fucking everybody uh, my first come to jesus moment i don't know if you remember at the Forum club which is in the middle portion of the great western forum that's
2: where a lot of debauchery
3: took place yes yes a lot of a lot of it well my dad and mom were there for a king's game they took me as a kid into the form club and Boston Donna went rogue. She went in front of my parents to Bruce McNall who was the former general manager of the LA Kings but went to prison for on on oh, Who is the
2: owner? Not general manager. yeah, general manager, yeah, owner, right? yeah.
3: So yeah. on on federal charges he went away, but she called him out on all that stuff. She's like, "I know about you motherfucker. You're a crook, you're a thief, you're a steal all the and I you know, I'm eight years old. I had no idea what's up from down, and she was calling him out before any of the stuff transpired. But this is the year that he acquired Gretzky from the Edmonton Oilers in exchange for some cash and some players. And obviously that cash was not his, but he was an embezzler. like The whole nine yards, right? This is a guy that went to federal prison. Uh, five, six, seven years later, and she called him out in the mid-'80s. So it, it was a pretty wild time. That was, a, that was a fascinating moment as a youth at the form club.
2: So, yeah. Well, did you know, have you heard the Bruce McNall stories when he went to jail? No. These are legendary. These are part of L.A. sports legend. So Bruce McNall, everyone loved him.
3: Yeah, he was everyone really Everyone nice. loved him. He
2: had a big personality, and he was very social, and everyone could not say enough. Good things about, if you knew this guy, he treated you well, he spoiled everybody. Yeah. Um, And and so people loved him. And then when he went to jail, he was, it it is the definition of club fed. You know, like the good fellows where they're all cooking a nice (laughs) meals in there.
3: Lobster and pasta. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so the story was, on the weekends, they'd have these softball games at the the jail that Bruce McNall was at. I think it was near Santa Barbara, if I remember correctly. They, I used to know all the details. I, over time, I've forgotten them. Um, but it was I think we were in the Santa, Santa Barbara area, and a lot of the celebrities that would go to the Kings games would go hang out at the jail to watch Bruce <laughs> McNall play in the celebrity softball games. hand to God. And uh, it was such a relaxed environment because it was you know white collar criminal and all that stuff. And it, uh, the, the stories I heard, obviously they were second hand. I never went, but the, yeah. they were legendary stories. <laughs> Legendaries. You imagine you're you're at a prison softball game and there's all these Hollywood stars. (laughs) That's
3: amazing. Yeah, because what do they say in Goodfellas? Like you went away to get away from your wife. That's what. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I love Goodfellas. (laughs) I heard Goodfellas is back on Netflix. I got to watch it this weekend. I love. That's my favorite movie. Goodfellas.
3: Goodfellas or, or Casino. Did you like Casino too?
2: No, I'm Goodfellas.
3: Okay. I'm Goodfellas.
2: I gotta watch Casino. I haven't watched that in a long time. I gotta check that out. But uh, Goodfellas is the the all time great. Eric yeah. in Omaha. We have back to back belly to belly. Mm-hmm. Uh, people from Omaha that love the Fifth Hour. By the way, my old boss, the great Mike Thompson. Yes. Program director extraordinaire yeah. of the big sports talk station in Omaha, Nebraska. How about that? My yes. old boss running things in Omaha. It's a true story. All right. If you had a time machine. What decade in the 1900s would you go back and live in? That's from Eric in Omaha. Well, Eric, there's two ways I will answer this. Number one, from a sports standpoint, I think it would be kind of cool to see the legendary Babe Ruth play for the Yankees. So that would be in New York. But from a financial standpoint, I would like to live in Los Angeles in the early 1900s or San Francisco and buy real estate. All right? That's what I would like to do, because uh, that would lead to tremendous wealth for future generations. Uh, What about you, Gascon?
3: Yeah, I'm thinking 70s or 80s would be... 1970s or 80s? Not, no,
2: I'm talking about early 1900s, where you get, real estate was cheap still.
3: Well, real estate was cheap in the 70s and 80s. But
2: not as cheap as it was in like the 30s yeah, or the but 40s.
3: Yeah, but you had to go through the Depression, and you also had to go through the wars, too. You, you, you had the wars, you had the No, had- but if you bought
2: Listen, my, my, uh, my grandfather had a chance to buy a bunch of land in the uh, sand San Fernando Valley, yeah, because nobody wanted to live there, and it was nothing. It was farmland, and he didn't do it. And now I drive through the San Fernando Valley in LA. It's like you got to be freaking kidding me. Yeah, I, you know, this is the whole family would have uh, generational wealth if he had done that. But
3: I'm seventies or eighties, man. I couldn't go that far back.
2: Oh please, it's it's a hypothetical question, dummy. I
3: wouldn't want to go that far back.
2: All right, uh, Jason in Tampa says after listening to your podcast, I must truly say Rob Manford and Gag on have one major thing in common: they are both truly full of shit and live in their own reality and don't have a clue what is really going
3: on around them. Oh. Your thoughts? Oh, oh, that's just well put. Where is he from again?
2: Uh, Tampa, Florida. Uh, Jason in Tampa. Oh, you go to Florida? Maybe you can visit Jason and have a lunch with him.
3: There's a there's an awesome hotel. Uh, speaking of Tampa he can actually attest to this it's in St. Petersburg called the Don Cesar it is it you spoke about Goodfellas Ben this hotel is is straight out of Goodfellas or, or Casino it's it's pink with white lining around the overall hotel and the beach is there the sand is solid white it's absolutely gorgeous but yeah, the Don Cesar Hotel in Saint Petersburg, and, and Ben—that was the—that was the spot where where mob bosses would go all the time. And if you ever get a chance to go down to Tampa, I would highly recommend it. if you you and the misses go, or if you go down there to watch a a Rays yeah. game with your boy Blake Snell. Um, no, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, I don't have a clue. A clue about what? Like, what is he referencing? I think Astros? you're out
2: of touch with society, you're much like Rob Manford. Uh, you want me to interpret what Jason is saying? I guess. Rob I mean, Manford's out. T- Mar- Rob is out of touch with the common man. The common sports fan thinks the Astros should be punished. I think should they should do, the too. Championship. I think
3: those players should be actually be banned. I think the two titles between Houston and Boston should be vacated, and nobody yeah. should have gotten them in, in 2017. Okay. Or so or 2018. that's so.
2: Jason's saying that Rob Manford's out of touch with the the populace. You're also out of touch with the Maller militia. You don't relate to the common man. So Why is that? It, it's different, but it's a, because you west of the four hundred five.
3: I get paid peanuts just like they do. There's only but, one but person on this. Like an elitist.
2: You're not. You know. You're dealing with people that have hardworking jobs, blue collar jobs, most of them, so and do I. you don't relate to these people. So do
3: I. No, you don't. It is very blue collar to do the shit that I do for you, for the wow. network, and for other platforms that I'm That's on. That's a lie because I do it all by myself.
2: All right, moving on. Coley in Round Rock writes in. He says, "With toilet paper being completely bought out by paranoid masses at Costco, what would your go-to be for backdoor maintenance?" And then he says, a "Sock, cat, etc." <whistles> Some Coley. Well, Coley, that's a great question. I often think about what do you do if you run out of toilet paper. What do you do? Um, there's several <laughs> options. You could obviously just use your hand and then wash your hand really good. That would be rather disgusting. <laughs> I think I'd go old school, Gascon, number two. I would use leaves, because yeah. wasn't that the original toilet paper? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think I would go with a nice But you you got to make sure the leaf is just freshly pulled off the tree, right? Yep. You don't want to use a, a leaf that's been laying on the ground for a while, because that's get, unsanitary.
3: Or if you get poison ivy. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, you would like that,
3: you freak. Could you imagine that? By the way, where is your defecated underwear at these days? Uh, no, it's been washed and uh, you know it's been cleaned. You know. I had a couple people that responded to me, men and women, that said that they related to your your misfortune about well, they've shit shitting their, pants. their pants. Yes, yeah. that was great. wild. It's uh,
2: see, I'm not alone. There's a lot of people that don't talk about it. See, I made the mistake of talking about it, and I compromised myself by talking about it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a great a story.
3: Thing. It is a great story.
2: You figure most people have to shit at least a couple times a day, I mean, at least once a day. So if you do the math and you look at how many people live in the world, you know, something goes haywire, you know, something goes uh, some thingamajob a uh, job inside there, the timing's are all wrong and uh, you know, you have an accident.
3: Yeah. It happens. You got to use your yeah, you got to use leaves. You, you got to. If you don't have if you don't have any other supplies. I
2: mean, uh, Ricky Ricky in Beantown writes in he says, "Have you enjoyed a nice Asian massage parlor?" Uh, Ricky, I think we've had this question either Last on the week. show Yeah, well, last week we had it. All right, so, Ricky, we had this last week, and uh, no. Gascon, though, has. Yeah. Ricky, yeah. Uh, Jay from Scottsville, Kentucky, writes in, great place on God's green earth. He says, if you blinked and when you opened your eyes, you were in a new career unrelated to radio, what job do you see yourself in? All right, well, thank you, Jay. Uh, I see myself as a podcaster. That's what I see myself in. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. Uh, no, I, listen, I, I wonder, like, what would have happened if I hadn't made it in radio, if I hadn't been able to get a job and keep a job for a while? Like, what would I do? And I, I've, I've often said I think I could push the shopping carts at Costco. I think I could work at Costco behind the scenes there. I think that would be a, a job that I would enjoy. But as far as, like, other jobs, I, I've been an amateur lawyer. I've been an amateur lawyer on the radio, so I think practicing law and getting into a heated legal argument would be fun. I think that would be good. I'm also interested in real estate and investing in real estate and that kind of thing. So I think that would be interesting. Uh, you know so that, that kind of stuff. What about you, Jessica?
3: Uh I've always said this um. Waking up, I would say I am a a hospitality executive. I I love hotels, Ben. I don't know if it's because of Vegas. I'd go when I was a teenager to where I'm at now, but I love hotels. like The W Hotel here in L.A., um, the Langham Hotel in Pasadena, it's old school. It's a name dropper. No, but wait, they're in Los Angeles. Who cares? I just mentioned the Don Cesar. But you think mean. about the MGM Hotel in Vegas, the Venetian, the Bellagio. I love hotels. I I, I think it's fascinating that you can take care of people yeah. just to get them away from their everyday life. You mentioned I don't it was sports. Love hotels. I you don't love hotels. Why?
2: Yeah. Yeah, the beds usually suck. And no, I've man. been to hotels. People leave shit in the room. They don't clean the room properly. I, I went. I stayed at a hotel in Vegas one time, and there's somebody's driver's license, Ooh. and uh, was in the room. They had left their driver's license, was and they're like, "What's
3: it? Was there cocaine on the license?" <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about <laughs> that. But, uh, I stayed at the Cosmopolitan in, in Vegas a few years ago. Open. I have a this standard operating procedure when I check in. I under the bed open up the sheets and there was a used condom in it it was pretty good
2: <laughs> was it
3: yours no. No, no it was not mine I just got in there dummy I, I like hotels man I, I like the I fact know you made
2: can... that very clear that you like hotels you don't need to repeat yourself it's uh it's fine we we do so this... you would work at a hotel is what you're saying
3: no I'd be an executive like designing hotels and and building them across the world I'd love to do something yeah. like that okay. like a brand
2: Uh, Brian from Northbridge uh, in Massachusetts, Northbridge from Mass, writes in, he says, Ben, seeing that Gascon proves how awful he is in every podcast, do you think that iHeartMedia is trying to sabotage you? Uh, Also, do you think he actually gagged while trying to advance his career? That's from Brian. I don't know the second part of that, but it has been whispered in hushed tones that Gascon, he has been placed to derail my career. That he has been put in there to bring me down.
3: No, 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 no. I, I have actually said that to you via text. I think a couple of times. Like I am here to try to derail your show. Yeah, when I feel and you
2: good. are. Oh. You have manhandled
3: uh, many a great show. That's true. I mean, there's not you many have... people here in the building that can oppose my will. So, um, yeah.
2: Ironically, you don't have a lot of manhood, but you have wow. been able to manhandle wow. the uh, wow. show. Well, wow. which is have you uh, see me at your great.
3: Christmas parties, anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you showed up late and complained the food was cold when it was hot when mm-hmm. everyone else ate the food. I remember that. Yeah, and then you you're uh, like a on the prowl uh, at the at the party there. Nothing wrong with that. Control yourself, uh, Dan in Kalamazoo uh, writes in beautiful Kalamazoo. He says, does Gagon get his creatine from Ashley Manning?
3: You mean Chelsea Manning? You fucking idiot.
2: No, I think he's referring to Ashley Manning, which is Peyton Manning's
3: uh, wife. Dummy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he went the other way. Yeah. Uh,
2: oh, so you <laughs> you actually more relatable to the other? Okay, the other Manning.
3: You're an idiot.
2: I got you. Well, you brought that up. I didn't bring it up. Uh, what's any thoughts on that? Where do you get your creatine? How much does creatine cost these days?
3: Uh, I bought some creatine for fifty dollars, but the servings it's just one tablespoon and it's So not good. enough. You want the like Costco of creatine. No, that's what actually what like. it is. It, it's oh. it's good for like 60 days or something like that. So
2: Yeah. Are you a know, crusader to celebrate the virtues of creatine?
3: No, but Are I, you
2: Mark mcguire circa 1999?
3: No, I did do andro when they were on that home run spree. That actually got me into doing Andrew. like him, Sosa, uh Shannon sharp was a big spokesman for EAS. I I remember that, yeah. Yeah, I did all that stuff back in the... I mean, it's like monkey see, monkey do, and I try to emulate Sharp when I played ball, so... I don't know. I I told you this last week. Just the age and like getting old and your muscles. So you really
2: try to? You still try to emulate the way you talk. You still emulate uh, Shannon Sharp.
3: What are you trying to say? Like I don't? I sound like him when I talk. Yeah, you
2: sound a little bit like. You have the same cadence as him. No,
3: I do not. Definitely do not. Have you you have you gone back and watched our tape when I called that beautiful performance with Centennial and Jay Sarah?
2: Oh, the seventy thousand to nothing score that uh, (laughs) yes, uh, that, that was swept away by the garbage time programming that we had. Yes. Oh, fuck you. I keep you a on. game close.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, the game was a blowout, and we got all your bits in the second half. So,
2: yeah. I, I yeah. would say that the, the pros- only people watching were the Malor Militia people. <laughs> That, that was it. They were the only one watching. Anyway, uh, moving on here. Let's see. What do we have here? More questions. This is the grab bag. A lot of questions from people like yourself. Uh, here's one. Are you wearing a face mask when you go to Costco? This is from Richie, the Boston guy. Yeah. He says, are you going to be wearing a face mask at Costco this weekend? If you are, are you bringing the free samples home or eating them in the car? No. Let me tell you something, uh, Richie. I am a daredevil. I'm a thrill seeker. Uh All right? I'm an adrenaline junkie. Do you understand that? So it is, I will go to Costco. I will walk around. It's like swimming with great white sharks in South Africa. When you go to Costco with the coronavirus, I will be doing that just like running with the bulls in Pamplona, Spain, or driving 200 miles an hour on the Autobahn in Germany, going to Costco. But I'm not going to wear a mask. And I'm going to, I think it's even better now because people don't want to go to Costco because they're afraid of the coronavirus, which means more samples for me, more samples for me.
3: Don't be such a fat ass.
2: No, it's a, my tradition. Okay. You can't get fat eating samples at Costco. What a you bet? You can't. Yes. Yes. You can't. Uh-huh. All right. Anyway, I, what else? Uh, here's another one from Dan in Kalamazoo who wrote in. He says, are you prepared for a couple of weeks of quarantine if need be? Uh, that's from Dan. Oh, absolutely not. No, no, no. Uh, not prepared at all, but uh, you know, you can f- figure it out.
3: You'll be are, fine. You are prepared because you get, you have sick days, you have vacation days, you have comp days, you have all, you have a plethora of, of days that you can take off from work. Well, I don't need to take
2: days off. I can do the show from uh, where, where the Maller Mansion. Oh, if I yeah, have to. That's
3: right. That's right. <laughs> so I don't have
2: to take any days off. Very
3: relatable, Ben. Very yeah, relatable. that is
2: very relatable. Yeah. Steve Harvey relates to me. Rush Limbaugh does the show from his house. Yeah. Very relatable. Yeah.
3: You know what's relatable is the figures that they make. Seven, eight, nine, ten figures. Yeah. And ben Maller. Right yeah. Up there. Elite. Uh, yeah. Uh, Emiliano from West Side of
2: Saint Paul, Minnesota. Nice writes in he says question is for everybody there and this is actually about roberto but i guess we can answer it uh hold on a sec my headphones came loose here guess <laughs> so kill yourself kill yourself for a little bit there
3: what, what are you the? what's the name last uh a couple days ago the gambler um what's that the the one that was threatening everybody with this dull knife
2: oh uh the guy uh, parley
3: pats yeah pats yeah kill yourself
2: jesus yeah well, there you go. I snapped my headphones back in. Uh, anyway, uh, Emiliano says, Roberto, too scared to enter the verbal octagon with Chris in Houston. He seemed shocked when Chris called him out as a little snowflake over blowing him up, hanging up on him, and was tongue-tied. And then he says, will Roberto pull a Whoopi Pie Blair and no-show versus uh, Marcel? So, yeah, I, I remember that. Chris went a tack dog. He went piranha on Roberto, and uh, Roberto could have handled that a little bit better, but I would take Roberto over Chris because Roberto has the power of fading down Chris. So uh, Chris would not get a word in edgewise, and it would be an advantage. He might be able to maybe poke the nose. Of uh of Roberto, but in the end Roberto would come back with enough haymakers that Chris would be marginalized.
3: He's just not good content. Like why would you put that guy? I'd rather have Marcel on uh, see, the air than 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 Chris in Houston. This is
2: not helpful now. You're just inspiring him to now harass you more. He's not gonna he's not harassing me. I don't even pay attention yeah. to that bug. All right, uh, moving on. Carlos in Houston writes and he says, I don't normally ask sports questions, but right. yeah. Uh, Are you guys liking the new Rocket small ball lineup? Well, you know, Carlos, it goes against my DNA to say anything negative or, well, actually anything positive about Houston and all that stuff, but I actually do like the small ball, because it's a version of the D'Antoni system. I was a big fan of the Mike D'Antoni system with the Suns. I loved the way the Suns played when they had Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire and the Matrix, Sean Marion. I loved those teams. They were fun to watch. They were entertaining. You penetrate, you pass, you shoot, all that. uh, Flying around the court, It, it was awesome. And I, I, we've gotten away from a lot. I know now it's just a jump shooting contest, like a pop a shot uh, in the NBA. But I, the way I'll answer is, do I like it? Yes, I absolutely like the the way that the Rockets are playing. There's no question about it. Will it work? No, it will not work. They cannot. It's not a sustainable thing. They're not going to be able to win a championship playing that style of play. Uh, and they would have to break the norms of the NBA to do it. I don't see them doing it because I believe ultimately in the playoffs, Russell Westbrook will be a liability late in games. James Harden normally takes one game off in a playoff series or a half off in a in a key game and derails you. But as far as from an entertainment standpoint, absolutely. Absolutely. It's great. And they're going to get killed rebounding-wise. They better make all their shots. Um but we'll see down the line. But it's it's unorthodox, but it's fun.
3: I would like to see them in a playoff series against Dallas. I think that would be a lot of fun because you got Luka Doncic and you got Porzingis that can shoot from the outside. And like you mentioned, the best thing is is Russell Westbrook is such a loose cannon that he can get forty on any given night. He can go for forty and ten and ten, or he can go three of thirty from the field, and James Harden won't touch the rock. I think that's the best part about watching Russell Westbrook play the game of basketball is that he can win it for you, or he can absolutely just kill you. He can go vintage. He can go vintage Kobe Bryant in the 2004 NBA Finals, just shoot you out of the series.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the way he's he's played. He eventually will spiral out of control. Yeah, at some point and uh, just undisciplined, and uh, you know, it's good for us because when he when he is unrestrained yeah. and it makes for great monologues and I look forward to doing <laughs> those monologues I've done them every year and I I can write a book on how to do a Russell Westbrook is out of control careless with the basketball and hurts his team but but again Carlos I like the way I like in theory of it I like the execution probably will not that will not work. Uh, study this. You want to do some study? Yeah, this? Yeah, yes.
0: Let's do it. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
4: Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
3: Let's do it. All
2: right. uh, A survey, what percentage of Americans would turn down a free cruise because of the concerns over the
3: coronavirus? I'm going to say high. I'll go like 73% right now. So you think seventy
2: three percent of Americans would say I'm going to give you a people fr- say I'll give you a free cruise yeah. to the Bahamas and you're like ah, I'm good yeah I don't need it well you're actually right in the ballpark where you need to be according to the survey two thirds oh wow two thirds of Americans would turn down a free cruise because they're freaked out by the coronavirus yeah we have a friend who's on a cruise right
3: now that's right Rob Parker's on the Golden Girls cruise.
2: Yeah. Did you see the video he posted of they had a, a a contest, a dance-off contest on the Golden Girls cruise. Uh they were Oh it's the yeah, the Best Rose contest. <laughs> and Rob sent a photo from uh, this It's wild, man. It is crazy.
3: I don't know what's All worse, these- <laughs> the videos or the fact that he posted a picture with his $600 Gucci shoes on. That he was happy that he got at a discounted rate, which were like $1,000. That
2: said Gucci on them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it was Justin in Cincinnati that pointed out that Rob is actually cheaper than I am. (laughs) Like He he will go to Ross uh, Dress for Less, which is, I like Ross. I actually have shopped there before as well, but... It's the great scavenger d- hunt when you go to Ross Dress for Less, well, but he'll d- like brag about getting a shirt for one ninety nine. It yes. used to be uh, seventy bucks or something.
3: He will, because per- our building is right next to an Apoyo Loco. He will- crazy chicken, yeah. He will keep a cup from Apoyo Loco just no. to return the same day or the next day and refill no. it. Yes, no, yes, no. I'm dead really, serious. yes. Wow, Jeez, that- that's a boss
2: move, man. He should write a book. That's great.
3: Oh man.
2: That makes me seem like a very unfrugal person. Yeah, just I don't right. think I've ever done that. Uh, I don't recall ever doing something as ridiculous as that. Yeah, that's great.
3: It's up there. Well, yeah, uh,
2: yeah I, I, I've never been on a cruise. I know some people say you should do it; it'd be great. You'd have a good time. My wife would like to do it, but uh, I'm good. I got food I'm poisoning on a
3: cruise now. once. Congratulations! Yeah. You want a cookie? No, yeah. I just uh, cruises. You're just confined, so it sucks. So you get sick. Anything happens, you're you're fucked.
2: All right, here we go. A new survey says blank percent of Americans are avoiding Corona beers because of fears of the coronavirus.
3: Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, (laughs) You said two-thirds before, so I'll say a third. I'll say like 33%. Uh, close again, but not quite
2: right. The uh, answer is thirty-eight oh, percent. Thirty, according to a new study, thirty-eight percent of Americans are not drinking as much Corona beer because they're freaked out by the they got the heebie-jeebies of the coronavirus. Oh boy! So does that mean that thirty-eight percent of people are just complete Neanderthal <laughs> morons? Is that what that means? Well, yes.
3: Well, I guess the other question then is, if you're not drinking Corona beer, what would your alternative be to that for Mexican beer? Like, would you go Tecate? Well,
2: that's the only other Mexican beer I really know, so I think you'd have to go Tecate. But uh, what kind of primitive, unrefined (laughs) people are living amongst us here? Like, were they raised by wolves or something like that? Were they born in a barn, Gascon, that they're like, I think I can get the coronavirus from a Corona beer with the lime, you know? Uh, Oh, well. All right, uh, another one. Americans are spending more for, tre- more for treatment on blank ailments than any other conditions, according to the research from the U.S. healthcare data. So we're looking for problems that human beings have with their body that th- they spend the most money
3: on per year. God, I, I, my, what do you think? My first, in, my first inclination would be mental.
2: So the mental, like, not mental,
3: like physical, like mental, this is a physical situation. Okay. Yeah. Um, fuck here in LA. I'd say right, chest. I guess I gone
2: right now. Do, do, uh,
3: do, I'd say arthritis. Do, 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 so like hands. Do, 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 do,
2: do, do. Uh, oh, your time is up. You yeah. say hands. Yeah. Hands. Kind of, but no, I'm not going to give you credit for that. Uh, Americans are spending more on treatment for spinal issues and joint pain okay. ailments than any other condition, according to the U.S. health data. It's neck and lower back pain right. is the main one. Uh, this, the, the latest data they have is from 2016. and The amount of money spent on spinal issues and joint pain, are you ready for this, Gascon? guy? Painful. You're sitting down? Yes. (laughs) Yes. $380 billion.
3: Oh, my gosh.
2: $380 billion. Now, according to this study, they point out that that breaks down to almost $10,000 for every man, woman, and child who's a citizen in the United States. Wow. It is roughly 18% of the U.S. gross domestic product. All right. For back pain and, uh, and you know spinal issues and all that and, and joint pain, isn't that crazy?
3: It is. Now I think do you think part of that's attributed to the fact that a lot of us have uh, sedentary jobs or sitting down a lot or drivers that are sitting in traffic a lot or commuting for far distances?
2: Yeah, I'm sure that's part of it. I mean, people don't move. You got to keep your body moving, right, as long as you can. You got to keep body in motion stays in motion, yeah. right? That's what I learned when I was a kid. So plus, keep, plus uh,
3: like, when you're sitting so much, your your legs, your hamstrings, and your quads get so tight, it leads to your hip flexors, and it leads to the back. And the stress for for all of us is, like, upper chest and upper back. So the neck, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the same thing, too, with with the joints. When you're talking about your like hands and elbows, just just overusage. See? Get on creatine, Ben. Get on creatine, Ben. I think I need to get on
2: creatine, that that will change my life in amazing ways. (sighs) Maybe. Maybe. Do do you have scoliosis? Uh, Do I have scoliosis? Uh, No, I do not have
3: scoliosis. Yeah. Do you? I do, yeah. I have scoliosis. I found that out five years ago, actually because of working at Fox Sports Radio. I had back pain working on one of your shows. I went to the doctor the very next day. Hold on a sec. Let me, uh, let me get my voice. And he, he did One an X-ray, second. and he says, oh, you got scoliosis. I said, oh, what the fuck? Shouldn't I have been diagnosed with this when I was a kid? He says, no, it's probably something from, from playing your playing days or or driving too much. And, yeah, it was all stemmed from working on your show. What a
0: coincidence. Hmm. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.
2: All right, here's a, another fun study. Uh, we're doing a study of this real or bullshit. Uh, who knew, Gascon, uh, that you are like a dog, that uh, sexual scent that men can smell when a woman is aroused. How about that?
3: I did or not a know new that. study. What's that? I did not know that.
2: I think it's bullshit. Well, uh, Kent University though in, in the UK, Uh, They did the survey, and they said that attraction is conveyed through a number of avenues, and many have nothing to do with spoken language.
3: Yeah, pheromones, right?
2: Whether you're aware of it or not, both men and women's body language often changes ever so slightly when we're around someone we find particularly attractive. And according to the study, it goes into detail here, and it says that it's uh, it's not just obvious sometimes, literally, according to the study... Uh, the nose, nose, the research team has concluded that men can smell when a woman is uh, turned on. How about that? Interesting. I must not have this ability. <laughs> I must be lacking this ability. <laughs> what, gotta, to turn women on? A can you go to a doctor? Well, I can't turn them on, clearly, <laughs> and uh, I don't know when they're turned on, so uh, maybe I can, you know, you can give me a guidebook on that. Not that you know, of course, you don't know either. No, but no, no, uh,
3: no, You know. No. That's interesting. No, you, you know, I, I, I I was I was only, always under the impression that it was always the pheromones. So, like our body hair would trigger women into the physical attraction too.
2: What if you don't have any body
3: hair? You can't, we uh, all got body hair one way or another.
2: Now I, I, I've known some people that uh, who's that guy Charlie Villanueva? Oh yeah, um, the, he didn't have any body hair. And I have a guy I used to know was a Clipper PR guy. Good guy. Uh, did not. He had that same illness. No body here.
3: No, uh, no eyebrows. No nothing. Nothing. Yeah, Completely fortune. gone. Oh well. Yeah. Bad job by him.
2: Uh, uh, anyway, here's a, another uh, random study. Uh, this this one says uh, Instagram fitness posts by the ladies do more harm than good for women's body images. That. Yeah. Apparently the Instagram's bad for the ladies.
3: Why? Well, because. The Instagram posts that I see from females, like most of the time, they're either so lean that you think they're on some kind of performance enhancing drug, or they're so fake that you're curious as to what they have injected into them. Like top and bottom, Ben. Oh, yeah? Yes. Like, yeah. D- don't you know that? Or don't you see that?
2: Don't I know that? I don't know what's so. Uh, I, I don't think any women post photos without spandex on in a gym. I've not seen any of those on Instagram. I'm still waiting for the first woman to post something that's not uh, provocative, but but uh, good for them. Why not? Hey, you know it's working. Clearly, a bunch of those uh, horn dogs are clicking on all that stuff, right?
3: Yeah, but you just you, you look at the body and you just think they must have spent close to ten thousand dollars on on some kind of surgery, cosmetic. You know
2: what I love is though when you go around, and I see this every once in a while. I go out; I don't go my, out of my house much, but you go like to a tourist area, like in L.A. Yeah. And the Instagram model, <laughs> you know, that's a thing now where they have a people with them for lighting and the whole thing. It's like yeah. these are, some of these things are professional photo shoots for, because they're Instagram influencers and they have, you know, half a million followers or whatever, or, you know, 500,000 followers, uh, which is half a million. Uh, and then they, uh, I just want to do the math in my head. Guessing. That's right. uh, it's, it's pretty funny. It's like when I, I remember when I used to live in Hollywood. When reality TV became a big deal. Yeah. And I was stopped on Hollywood Boulevard, and they were shooting a uh, scene. They were crossing the street filming a reality show. And the signal took a while, and I just I For some reason, I was stuck at the signal, and they Kept crossing the street till they got the right shot, <laughs> and, and I, I, was like, you know, that's not really real. You know, I mean, you said one take, right? I yeah. mean, no, they kept doing it until they got the right angle, and the people said what they were supposed to say, and it's one of those dopey dating shows. It might have been The Bachelor, the original. How long has The Bachelor been on? There was a Forever. long time. Forever.
3: Yeah, it was The Bachelor, yeah. Temptation Island. Um, it wasn't
2: Temptation Island.
3: No, all right. It wasn't that fair enough?
2: What was that uh, blind? Was it blind date? Was that a reality show? Uh, remember that one?
3: Yeah, that
2: was uh, odd. All right. Uh, according to a new survey, what? How many in thirty people have pooped in the shower?
3: In thirty people,
2: uh have admitted to pooping
3: in the shower. Oh, I'm gonna say this is low. I'll say like, I'll say four out of thirty.
2: Uh, only one, okay. one out of 30 people said they pooped in the shower. Have you guessed who no, pooped ha- in the shower?
3: No, I have not. Thankfully, Hand no. Hand of God? Hand of God, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, have you? In the shower.
2: No. I de- number one, I have no problem with. Uh, but number two, it seems, uh, yeah, it's a problematic situation. Yeah, I mean, like it's, logistically, I don't know how because if you go number two, you get how do you get rid of it? You're going to have to use your hand to pick it up. I mean, that's a big
3: to do. Or know? it's even worse is if you take a shower, you dry yourself off, and then you have to take a number two.
2: Yeah, that is that's bad timing. And yeah, the timing on that's not good. But how about one out of thirty people? That means out of a hundred, uh, that's three. Little over three out of a hundred people shit in the shower.
3: Like we went from death talk radio to shitting on yourself radio. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd rather
2: do shit radio and death radio.
3: Well, you do it Monday through Friday, so I think you got that base cleared you think you're funny? I, I, thought I, was, I thought I'm pretty damn funny, yeah. I think it just walked right <laughs> don't, into don't that. Don't
2: pull a muscle patting yourself on the back. Okay?
3: <laughs> I thought I did a great job. Don't pull
2: a muscle patting yourself oh, on the man. back. Oh, man. Listen. All me. right. Here's a fun study. This is you know p- we, we talk about the, the world we live in today as opposed to the world that we grew up in, depending if you're of a certain age. Well, globally, though, does it apply? There was a global su- study done. What percentage of people think it is justified for a husband to beat his wife? Oh, fuck. <laughs> right. out, of, out of 10 people, how many of the people, uh, according to this global research, think it's okay for a man to slap around his wife? I mean, cause In you... the world, Gascon. Not in America. Obviously, America, I would think most people y- think yeah. that's not right, but
3: globally. Because you brought it up, out of 10, I would say 60%.
2: No, it's not that high, but I still think it's ridiculously high. It's th- 3 out of 10, so 30%. Of people think it is allowed for a husband to uh, slap around the uh, wife. There, it's a new study done by a uh, operation out of Germany, and they conducted data from seventy five (laughs) countries, covered over eighty percent of the world's population, and three out of ten's like ah slap her around. Yeah,
3: wow, it's wild, man. Yeah, I'd wake up. If that ever happened to me, I I know I'd be waking up with something from Goodfellas, right? My, My better half with a gun pointed right at my fucking head.
2: But you got to think, like, in some parts, like the, that whole Sharia law thing. Yeah. You know. I mean, that, I guess, is, you know, it's wild, but uh, it's crazy that there's that many. All right, a new survey reveals that a blank percentage of people goof up. Not goof up. That's the wrong word. They um, they intentionally mislead on their resume. They lie on their resume uh, and uh, they get caught. Seven percent of people lie on their resume and get caught. Only seven percent of the people that do this. Have, have you ever lied on your uh, resume?
3: Unfortunately, not. No. I feel like if I if I needed to, no. I, there's no reason to. Like the line of work that we're in, y- you can get out right away. And there's nothing that we do. There's nothing that we do that really put you want to put on a resume anyway because you can't justify your performance uh, for what we do on a resume anyway, right? Like, you can't talk about Numbers. Yeah, it's
2: it doesn't I mean, no, I, I've embellished my resume, but I don't think anyone looks at my resume. I haven't needed a resume in years anyway. Yeah. When I needed a resume, I had no resume. Yeah. Now that I have a resume, nobody wants my resume. It's all word of mouth. It's all These jobs are all passed out by who you know, not what you know.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, anyway, I, uh, last one on the, the study, this, a, a new survey found that one in four Americans admit they have trouble remembering this. What do you think one in four Americans have trouble remembering?
3: Um, their, do, 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 their home do, telephone do, number.
2: Do, 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 do. Well, most people don't even have a home telephone number anymore, so that's dumb. It's a bad job by you. Uh, one in four Americans admit they have trouble remembering their ATM pin. Oh. Their automatic teller uh, pin they cannot remember. Hmm. I'm in that group, by the way. I think I know what it is, but I don't know. If, I haven't used it in a long, uh, long while. Uh, any don't stick to sports stories, guests, you know, Do we have any quick ones we can sneak in here? This, uh, um,
3: yeah, we can't, do. This, can't,
2: this is now the, the sixth hour. We're into the sixth hour of the fifth hour.
3: Yeah. Uh, it's a bad job by you. Yeah, whatever. Uh, how about this one? A flight was diverted after a, a passenger attempted to open up an exit door in the middle of a flight. Did you hear about this?
2: What's wrong with that?
3: Uh, No, this is a shout out to this is a shout out to our buddy. uh, I'm a pilot, an American Airlines flight. Sucking
2: up to this, (laughs) I'm a pilot (laughs) guy. Why you get a room with this guy?
3: (laughs) I think he's a great guy. He's got a good personality. He's engaging. He's always he's always positive. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, you
2: got you're like weed man hippie. You got your hand out, man. No way. You're begging.
3: No. <laughs>
2: Act like you've been in the end zone before, well, dude. I, I
3: have. Come on. Have you seen yeah. me at your Christmas parties? Anyways, uh, an American no, Airlines I, I'm flight- I'm socializing. I'm bound... not hanging out
2: with you. You're, you're no <laughs> fun.
3: An American Airlines flight bound for Dallas from Chicago was forced to make an emergency landing because a passenger actually tried to open up an emergency door. Ben, here's the kicker on this, though, is all the latches he actually got up. The only reason the door did not open was because the pressure- from the cabin space did not allow it to open up oh
2: that's reassuring
3: yes 45 minutes into a flight they had to obviously divert the flight and touch down uh in st louis missouri because someone obviously tried opening up a a flight in in mid-flight uh the cabin doors so uh, i don't know what you would do in something like this but
2: i'd die because we the door opens up you're dead
3: I'm talking about someone made the attempt to open up a cabin door. Yeah,
2: I I would go into survival mode and I would take the guy out and beat his ass is what I would do.
3: I can't see you doing Wouldn't that. Wouldn't anyone do that, though? Yeah, I would think so. You're gonna,
2: I mean, who cares? You're going to die if the guy opens the door, so you might as well go vigilante and kick the guy's ass.
3: Here, speaking of which, this is a great story. This is uh, I know, obviously Well,
2: I'll determine whether it's a great story. You will not determine well, that. Okay? This is
3: good for payback, then. How about that? Uh, a woman This is in, in England. A woman was revealed to having swapped drinks with a stranger she suspected of trying to spike her drink before later finding out that he was passed out in a puddle. So this woman was in a club, and she looked away. She claimed that drinks between her and a stranger were on a a tabletop, and the guy had put something in her drink. Uh, Later, she she shared this on social media, but she swapped the drink with the guy when he wasn't noticing, and it turned out that the guy who was trying to roofie her drank his own poison and landed up in in a puddle uh, outside of a club. How good is that?
2: That is pretty good. That's a that's a solid move
3: by that lady. That's yeah. a good job by her. Yeah, that's that's good, man. Especially not being yeah. too in tune with the elements
2: I know when I go out with Gascon, I got to make sure to switch the drinks, because that guy, uh, let me tell you something, he puts crap in drinks, man.
3: No, no, no I Try uh, to
2: put roofies in there. You're an idiot. Wow. Your, uh, your nickname is Cosby, is what you are. Listen, mm.
3: I, I do I do need to make a request, since we're going to a, a bougie event over the weekend. Um, my alcohol needs to have either one rock, or it's neat. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I, let me I, guess.
2: I, uh, we'll buy a round of drinks. You will order the most expensive whiskey on the menu. Yes? Maybe. Maybe. Well, that's good. So we, well, I don't want to say what we're going to because it might not work out. But then next week we'll have recap coverage of said social event we, if we do end up attending. Now keep in mind you were not invited to this. Just want to point out, uh, I I was invited, but to a Hollywood event. But you were not invited. But but out of uh, feeling pity for you, I decided <laughs> that uh, you are such a, a dope that you need to go to this thing, and so I I. Pass the invitation on to you, but you were not invited. Every, you are not on the list.
3: Every lost ship needs a lighthouse. And Ben Maller, I, I am that lighthouse for you, so I will be yeah, providing... But I
2: am your beacon. I am your guiding your, light here. Do you understand that? I am your inspiration. I'm the one that gets invited to the A-list parties. I just never go to these things. I get invi- My wife likes to go out, so every once in a while, I'll throw her a bone. You know, we get to go out. <laughs> you throw your and,
3: wife a bone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I get invited to a lot of these things, and I never go to them because I don't really like those. You know, the, the, the parties are not my scene. But probably every the, once in a while I'll go.
3: That's probably right? why you're stuck on the overnight, not the daytime stuff.
2: See, I don't look at it as stuck on the overnight. I got more affiliates. I'm
3: cleared everywhere. I love the overnight. It's great. I know. nobody bothers me. I, I do my own true. thing. You got carte blanche there in the overnights.
2: Yeah. All right, guest uh, God. Thank you very much. En- enjoy. The weekend? The rest oh, of the weekend? Oh, my gosh.
3: I forgot.
2: Oh, my God. I mean,
3: we, can we put the no, baby No, no, bed? we can't. We can't. Remember we have the wager? What, was, what wager? Okay, I will refresh the audience's memory, or rehash yours anyway, is that um, the L.A. Rams- have a competition going on here in the next couple weeks. I, I, I found.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. We can't really get into this, but I have an. I I would like Gascon to try out to be an L.A. Ram male cheerleader.
3: All right. So I, I will do it under t- two terms, two two conditions, Ben.
2: Always with conditions. Yes. There's always an ultimatum with Gascon. So,
3: so if we can get my my Twitter following up to like let's say like four thousand, and my Instagram handle up to like let's say two thousand, I will do it. So you're
2: basically panhandling for followers. So how many? Yes. How many? What do you need? Give me the numbers on that again.
3: Four thousand on Twitter. All right. And two thousand on Instagram.
2: Okay. Uh, how many do you have on Instagram right now?
3: Instagram, I have like four hundred.
2: Oh, you're not going to get. I've been begging. I just got to a thousand, and I've been begging every night. All right. Uh, there's no chance.
3: Well, what about Twitter then? Twitter, I have like twenty-seven hundred.
2: Yeah, Twitter's doable because I like Justin in Cincinnati would just just to see you as a male cheerleader would like buy some bots to follow you.
3: No, I wouldn't buy any no, I can't do that. <laughs> you gotta be authentic. But I'll do it. Even if it's Justin or anyone else that, that pumps Buys up you the bots. Numbers. No, I don't okay. want bots, but it's No, it, they're
2: gonna be bots. It's gonna be like a bunch of people in India or whatever that are gonna be following you the fake account. So we'll and, do it. So I will okay, try yeah, out. So if you, and you want video if you would it. like to see and I'll go there and I will document Gascon trying out to be a male cheerleader for yeah. the LA Rams. Yeah. And I think it would be a great bit. So if you want to be part of that, find a way to get Gascon. Buy the Russian bot followers for (laughs) Gascon so his Twitter account gets suspended. Uh, That would be great. All right, have a wonderful weekend. We'll catch you next time. Be back on the radio live in the overnight on Sunday into Monday, 11 in the West, 2 a.m. in the East on Monday. Have a great weekend.